You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Nearly 25 years ago, one of my very first clients and I sat down in a hotel room in Cork, south of Ireland. You may have heard of it. You may even live there for all I know as you're listening to this. He lived in Cork. Well, he lived actually a little bit outside Cork. He lived in a little place called Blarney. And most people have heard of the Blarney Stone. He lived in this wonderful place. He had a couple of stables, a couple of horses. His life was idyllic. And he was interviewing in a couple of weeks' time for a really big job that he would have dearly loved to get his hands on. But there was one huge downside. He would have had to move to Dublin. Now, being a Dubliner myself, I certainly understood why Dublin people wouldn't want to move to Cork. We were always known as blow-ins or foreigners or words to that effect. But this guy didn't want to go to Dublin because in his view and the view of many people in Cork, Cork was the real capital of Ireland. Anyway, sorry, that's a complete and utter digression. That's nonsense. The key thing is that he wanted something that his normal mind thought was unobtainable. And I made the point to him that very often in life, the best things happen when we dot, 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 just let go. And really what he needed to do was go with the interview process, see where it took him and find out what steps he would have to take next in his career and in his life to get what I would describe as his ideal life or the life that's best for him. Or I'm always talking about, as you know, perfect moments what would be a perfect moment for him having this big job and living in Cork he also said to me and this is a constant theme that I come back to again and again and again that he was going to prepare for the interview by taking down and dusting off all his management manuals that he had amassed through all his various studies over the years including an MBA he asked me, was that a good idea? And you know what the answer to this one is. Any normal crazy person can take down a load of manuals and dust them off and spout out rubbish back in an interview situation. He wasn't being interviewed because he had an MBA. He was being interviewed because at this moment in the process, he was one of the people that they thought might be the right man for the job. So I told him not to prepare for the interview, that obviously, having been called for the interview, all his preparation had been already done over the course of his career. He'd spent years preparing for that interview. All he had to do was ensure that he turned up fully present and correct in the here and now, knowing what outcome he wanted to achieve. And again, again, he came all the way back full circle and said to me, but I don't think that's realistic. Now, that's what today's podcast is all about. What's realistic and what can happen when our eyes are open to opportunity and in particular, where we have turned up to the here and now. So we're not just noticing opportunities, we're actually playing our part in creating the opportunities by doing the right thing in the right way at the right time 
by saying the right thing in the right way at the right time, by making and leaving the kind of impression we would love to make and leave so that we get what we want out of the situation in which we find ourselves. The interesting thing about what I've just said is that modern neuroscience proves that this actually works at a level of effortlessness. I've used the word effortlessness before. It's one of my, one of my, one of my favorite words, but it's actually a scientific fact because if I've turned up to the here and now, and I know why I've turned up to the here and now, in other words, I know what I'm trying to get out of the here and now, and I fully turn up and be present, I will do whatever I do in the here and now without obviously tripping myself up through my thinking mind, but I'll do it without using any much neural energy at all. That's why very often in life, in the lives of my clients, they say to me, oh, something feels as if it just happened. And of course, both of us knows that nothing just happens. What they did was just the right thing in the right way at the right time, but they did it so effortlessly. It genuinely felt as if whatever outcome they wanted to achieve had just happened. I went back to Dublin after my meeting with my friend in Cork. His interview was about a fortnight away. On the Friday before the interview, the following Tuesday, I got a phone call from him saying that he was panicking a little bit and should he spend the weekend preparing. I asked him, was there anything else that he could do that weekend? And he told me that a couple of weeks previously, just before I had arrived in Cork, he had painted, or at least he'd put on the undercoat on his stable doors and they were still waiting the final coat of paint. I said, paint your stables for the weekend. So he arrived on Tuesday in Dublin for his big interview with green paint all over his fingernails. But he arrived fully present and fully correct. And halfway through the interview, the couple of people on the panel that were interviewing him turned to him and said, I don't think you're the right man for this job. But we actually have a more important job that requires a broader set of leadership skills that we think you actually have that we would love you to consider, but there's a downside to it. And he said, what's the downside? And they said, you'd have to stay in Cork. Yes, by simply turning up to the here and now and doing his thing, he had got what his normal thinking mind thought was unrealistic. There's a common thread that runs through all the conversations that I, that I initially have with my clients. And it goes something along these lines. I ask them, what, what do you really want to achieve? And they tell me, well, I want this job or I want that house which isn't the wrong answer because basically what they're answering is what they think they want to achieve. So I asked the question a different way. What kind of life would you really, really like to have? And obviously that encompasses everything from a work point of view, from a career point of view, from a business point of view, from a health, wealth and fitness point of view, from a relationship point of view, literally everything. 
And ultimately, people will come back with a completely different answer to the one that they would have given had they stopped to think about it in the first place. You see, here's another constant theme running through our conversations in this podcast. Thinking is a bad thing unless you're paid to think. In other words, unless you're a lawyer and you're paid to know the law and think some problem through, or you're an architect and you know how much stress an iron girder can take and you're paid to do that. I'm talking about the rubbish of thought that goes through our heads every day and in particular one of life's most useless thoughts. Ah, that would be unrealistic. Everybody, when I talk to them first, stumbles on this particular hurdle. Why do they stumble on this particular hurdle? For the simple reason that they've been using their thinking minds in a normal way for all of their adult life since they turned 12 or 13 up to the time we would have our initial conversations. Nobody ever told them that the train that they're on with the destination realistic smeared on the front is actually something that only exists in their own normal thinking minds. Okay, we were all brought up by normal thinking people, so we could be forgiven for thinking that we need to have realistic goals and objectives. But we can only be forgiven for thinking that until we realize that it is wrong to think that way. Look at it from a business point of view. And I know people sometimes accuse me of being too business focused in some of the, these podcasts. But you know, what I'm saying applies to absolutely everything. But let's look at it from a business point of view from a minute. I'll come back to it from a personal point of view just afterwards. Most businesses set realistic goals for themselves. And the realistic goals that they set for themselves are, not to put too fine a tooth in it, stupid. For example, Kodak. Some of you may never have heard of Kodak. Kodak, the photographic paper company, were stupid enough to continually set goals for themselves to increase their revenues by selling photographic paper as digital cameras were flooding the market. That's why you haven't heard of Kodak, probably. Same with Motorola. Motorola set themselves a realistic target. I can't remember when this was. It was a good long time ago now. It was a time when everybody was buying a new mobile phone whenever they felt like it. And Motorola had had record sales. And having sold a mobile phone or cell phone or portable, depending on what part of the world you're living in, to practically everybody on the face of the earth, they decided that it would make sense, thinking brain stuff, it would make sense to have a target for sales for the following year of 20% more. In other words, they were going to sell 1.2 phones to everybody who had one phone already. Maybe you haven't even heard of Motorola because that did for them. You see, that, that's, one, that's one side of the madness of business, but there is a much more normal side to business madness when it comes to thinking as well. Most organizations, small, medium, and large, 
will say to themselves, we're going to set ourselves a really challenging target for 2022. We're coming up to the end of 2021 and we will have done one million pounds or one million euros in revenue. We're going to set a stretching target of that plus 20 percent. Who knows? If they had their heads screwed on, they might have done 10 million this year or 20 million this year. Normal businesses set their targets, set their sights, set their expectations on what has gone before when what has gone before was based on normal thinking. As I've said to many clients over the years, if Bill Gates and Paul Allen had taken the normal crazy approach to setting stretch business targets every year, Microsoft would be the largest reseller of secondhand software out of the biggest garage in Seattle. None of us would ever have heard of them. Some businesses have a completely different approach. And I know you'll probably say to yourself, well, hold on, I'm not Microsoft, but I know clients who had, when I met them, very small businesses. Those people had goals of not being small business people, but being big business people and being big business people effortlessly. And when they got their head around it, which is different from thinking about it, they knew how to set their goals and objectives in a way that took this notion of being realistic completely out of the picture. Being realistic is an excuse that normal crazy people use for staying put. I used an analogy last week in relation to staying within your not too uncomfortable comfort zone, decorating your prison cell, making sure that you're happy living your normal life without realizing that there is no prison cell, never mind that the door isn't locked. But a lot of people will have the door firmly locked in their own heads by this constraint of realism. You don't need to be realistic in setting any goals for yourself. You don't need to be realistic from the perspective of business goals, health goals, fitness goals, weight goals. That's a really interesting one as well, because most people, when they try to lose weight, will do it on the basis of their need to lose weight rather than what they're looking for at the end. As a result, if they do manage to lose weight, they'll get to the end, say to themselves, oh, I've lost all the weight. I can go back to the way I was now. And what happens? The weight goes back on again. You give up drink, you give up cigarettes, you lose weight by knowing what outcome you would dearly love to achieve. In other words, you might be at a party enjoying yourself, drink-free, smoke-free, 20 kilos, four stone, 140 pounds lighter than you were in the first place by setting your mind to the outcome that you want to achieve. Your thinking mind will say, how am I going to get there? And you see, this is the big stumbling block when it comes to being realistic. Your thinking mind will say, well, if I'm at A and I want to get to H, I am going to have to religiously go through each step, one step at a time. I'm going to have to trudge from A to B. And then I'm going to have to go from B to C and so on up through D, E, F and G before I get to H. That's not how 
the subconscious mind works. That is not how the real you works. If the real you has a feel for the outcome that you want, and you let the real you do what it does best, if you just let go, then the real you will take you from A to Y to H. And as I said earlier on, you will take those steps in flow in such a way that even though you are taking major leaps forward in your life, it'll feel as if it all just happens. And it feels as if it all just happens because you do it without thinking about it. You just do it and you do it effortlessly. Again, I, again I've used that word. This is a scientific fact. So this works from a business perspective. It actually works in really big business, which is a really interesting one because it only takes one person to believe. Generally speaking, that would be the leader, not necessarily the person who has the big title. Leaders come in all shapes and sizes, but it only takes one person to believe. It only takes one person to believe in resolving issues in a relationship. Let me explain that to you. Very often, relationship problems, conflict problems, if I can call them that, stem from people reacting to each other and pushing each other's buttons and pulling each other's triggers until they're fit to kill each other. This is all because the normal mind is constantly in defensive, reactive mode. So if somebody attacks you or you think somebody is attacking you, what will you do? You'll attack back. You'll react because it's a survival thing and it goes all the way back to the way the normal mind is hardwired in the first place. You need to protect yourself. That is the source of every single issue in one's personal life, in one's business life, in one's career. It all goes back to how we're hardwired. It all goes back to how the automatic pilot using pre-programmed thought always runs around in a loop protecting itself, ensuring that it makes it through the day, ensuring that if it feels threatened, it will raise the defenses and snarl back. But say you're in a dysfunctional relationship and say, you know, beneath it all, the pair of you love each other. And, and really what you're looking for is a wonderful life together. Now, if you're in a fraught relationship where you're snarling at each other, what will the normal crazy mind say straight off? Well, that's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. But that's what we were talking about a few minutes ago. That's just your normal thinking mind. Think that way. What if I stopped reacting? There's a wonderful story that someone else told me. and It's an apocryphal story. It's only a joke. This guy goes to the doctor for some physical ailment or other and having got his prescription as he's on his way out the door he turns to the doctor and he says have you got anything for a nagging wife and the doctor looks at him and he says what do you mean he said well my wife is always shouting and screaming at me he said is there anything you can give her to uh, sort that out he said no there's nothing i can give her he said but i'll give you something so he wrote out a prescription gave it to his patient and off the patient went. A couple of weeks later, he bumps into the doctor out on the street and he said, that prescription worked like magic. 
He said, I took it outside and I read it and I said to myself, how could that work? Because all it said on the piece of paper was always carry around a glass of water. And when your wife starts shouting and screaming at you, take a mouthful. He said, it worked like a dream. She's stopped shouting and screaming at me. He said, how does that work? And the doctor said, well, you can't shout and scream back at her with a mouthful of water. You see, if we stop reacting, we change the dynamic. I've talked to loads of people about this over the last 25 years. Once you change the dynamic, everything changes. Once I stop reacting, whether it's to somebody in a personal relationship, whether it is a bully in the workplace, because all bullies are looking for is a reaction. Once I stop reacting and start acting, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment, the most outrageously, apparently unrealistic things happen. Because what have I done? I've turned up to the here and now. My energy is free of the thoughts that would normally trigger the reaction. Not only am I not going to react, but I'm going to do the right thing in the right way at the right time to get the right kind of outcome that I want. That's what we've been talking about all of the time in today's episode. Now, again, people have said to me, but what is the right thing to do? How will I know what the right thing is to do? Or how will I know what to say? Or should I react this way or that way? And I keep saying to them, no, you don't react at all. You do not react, you act. And this goes for everything in life. This goes all the way back to the story we had at the beginning of today's episode in relation to my friend going for his interview in Dublin. If he had gone to Dublin and been told that he wasn't going to get the job, he may well have reacted before he was told there was a better job and he'd have to stay in Cork. You see, when we react, we throw fuel on a fire that is already at the very least smoldering. But when we don't react, the fire isn't. So when people say to me, well, what will I say or what will I do? Or what if this happens or what if that happens? And what if he says this and she says that? What will I say? What will I do? And my answer is always the same. And it is an answer that you will be familiar with from listening to many of these podcast episodes over the last year and a bit. When you're present, when you're in the here and now, you do just what you need to do to get just the outcome that you have already decided you want to get. When we turn up to the here and now, and when we know why we have turned up to the here and now. We're always going to be the right person in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing in the right way, effortlessly. This works for business, it works for interviews, it works for exams, by the way, it works for relationships, it works for dates, it works for conflict among people. It probably works for conflict among nations. Try telling that to the people who are in reactive mode all of the time as things stand in this wonderful, normal, crazy world of ours. The secret isn't a secret at all. We've been talking about it. I've been talking about it on Facebook Live for a couple of years. I've been talking about it in my weekly videos that have been going out since December 2008. I've been talking about it with my clients since 1996. The secret is there's no secret. All I need to do is turn up to the here and now, free of the thoughts that first of all hold me back, 
free of the thoughts that make me think that there's something else going on as compared to what is actually going on. Free of the thoughts that facilitate me jumping to the wrong conclusion, free of the thoughts that set me off in defensive mode and enable me react and make things worse rather than better. And most importantly, free of the thoughts that have led me to the incorrect conclusion that I am who I thought I was. You are somebody completely different when you turn up to the here and now, free of all those thoughts. People surprise themselves regularly when they turn up to the here and now by saying and doing things in the right way at the right time that they would otherwise never have considered doing or would never have considered themselves capable of doing purely because of those thoughts that I've just mentioned. For example, if you find yourself in a conflict situation and you're present and correct, rather than reacting, you may well say or do something that you would be afraid of saying or doing if you were operating from your thinking mind, that you would never consider doing because it would make you uncomfortable. But you know what? There is no comfort zone, just like there is no prison cell. All of these things are constructed by the thoughts that hold us back, and those thoughts vanish into thin air. Neurologically, it's a statement of fact that they actually vanish into neurological thin air. They vanish into thin air when you train yourself consistently to turn up to the here and now. And I'm going to finish this episode by repeating something that I'm blue in the face repeating, but it's very important that I repeat it. The training involved is meditation. Meditation enables you in the peace and quiet of your early morning home or quiet space to Train yourself to be fully present in the moment when it doesn't matter. So that when it does matter, when it gets hot and nasty, when you get caught up in the cut and thrust of what's going on in your everyday life, you are already ready to be clear and calm so that you can act and stop reacting. That is what I call putting your best foot forward or even, dare I say it, taking a step in the right direction. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-dash.com.